When I was about six years old, I was on this trailer with my cousins, and um, the trailer was not attached to a truck or anything, but uh, we were jumping on the trailer at the front of the trailer where that you do attach to the tailgate of a truck. And as we were jumping, that part came up and down. And then um, as we continued jumping, my foot somehow, I got really close to the <laughs> part that you attached to the truck and it came up and then it came back down on my toe and then off my toe went onto the ground and then blood went everywhere and then went me <laughs> screaming and my mom ran out the door <laughs> and I like woke up the whole neighborhood and it was a sad day. But yeah, um, more of that story is my whole life, me playing with my cousins, every time I got hurt, they never got hurt. I was in the hospital so many times. So yeah, that is my story and a fun fact about me and this is Cheyenne. Okay, so one time I swam to the side of a pool, uh, my grandma's pool, and I cut my head open. I, are these just injury stories? I have a different story that's less <laughs> dramatic. One time, yeah, so I was telling my, uh, can I switch my story? <laughs> And my name is Georgia. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that is that it? Is that my story? I think that's your story. <laughs> okay, carry on. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, this girl named Kaylee, who lived on Della Sullen Street, pulled the chair from under me as I was about to to sit down. And I fell on many layers of concrete and broke my tailbone slash coccyx slash butt. <laughs> and now I can't sit crisscross applesauce for more than like four minutes. My name is Selena. These are such fun facts. <laughs> um, I used to sleep in my parents room for a long time and I actually like slept in a crib until I was like four <laughs> like three or four which like now that I'm older I know is just strange I <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I, I was caught like I was very old and cognizant so I remember one time I'm in the crib and I was scared to like jump out of the crib because you know was high off the ground mm -hmm. and I remember my it was in my parents room which is even worse and like next to the door of their bathroom and I remember waking up and pounding on the door in my crib dad let me in I have to pee <laughs> I was really screaming <laughs> and um, moral of the story is or long story short I just had to like pee on myself knowingly because my dad wouldn't open the door to the bathroom. And I was oh, oh. four years old and in a crib. So, I'm Denise. Imagine being four and sitting down in my bath. Well, now I'm just gonna have to pee on myself. <laughs> Who does that? Oh, me. Did your parents make you clean that up the no. next day? I was four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sports. 
the greatest rivalry in college sports, or just sports in general, UNC versus Duke basketball. We were there to experience it and the heartbreak. And it was quite the ride, quite a journey, really a whole day and experience. Uh, did someone else want to take it away? We arrived. When did we arrive? We, c- we got there at like 2.30. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even 3. Oh, yeah. We got there before 3. We got yeah. there very early. What time was game? 6 p.m.? Yeah, so tip-off was at 6. And mm-hmm. our we were phase 5, so all the way up in level 2. Um, and we were... Our gate opened at 5.30 for us to go in. And then... We got there at like two thirty or whatever. Because Cheyenne, <laughs> Cheyenne was said, really on something. We gotta be there three I years early. I'm on <laughs> so the USC versus Duke game schedule. That is very well on, and you have to be there early. And yes, I drag all of y'all there to get there early so we can have great seats, be the first in line. Even though the upper section was already filled when we got there. But we're still there, and we had a great experience. And while we were waiting, Selena and I saw Roy. That was great. And uh, Selena got to experience the um, rich culture of donors. How'd y'all see Roy? Well, we Roy Williams yes. waiting on my Subway sandwich that my friends, you guys, were so nicely getting for me. And then, you know, I was antagonizing Cheyenne about something, I'm sure, Lee. And then all of a sudden, this man pulls up in what I think was an old BMW or a Mercedes. It looked pretty. It was new. new. It was new. Yeah, yeah. Denise flicked. Denise and I flicked it up. I can find the the receipts. In a new okay. vehicle. <laughs> and, uh, then he got out of the car, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's Roy!" Oh, white my Mercedes. God. And we were like, it was oh. crisp. And he was like, he did this like princess wave. Kind of to his adoring fans, so like everyone else around in the line or whatever, and then he started walking inside, and somebody was like, "I love you, Roy," and then he like turned around and then like saluted him, and then that was it. We were also like, you guys were what like, he really could have reached out and touched you. Oh yeah, it wasn't like maybe maybe three feet away. Yeah, maybe a yard away. Crazy. Three feet is a yard. That's why I the closest <laughs> we have ever been and will probably ever be again for a while to Roy. Unless we get those phase five again and wait outside for two hours. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty great. We're all first years and we ended up getting tickets, which is very unrare because a lot of seniors were like fighting for tickets. Mm-hmm. Also, there were a lot of people clowning us in that phase five line. They were like, ah, this is the phase yeah. five line. Like, okay, jerk. And um, we got some we got some free gloves. We got some free swag from Dunkin' Donuts. Shout out Dunkin' Donuts. The America only runs. because Jimmy John's was, was only at phase one and two. Fake fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get 
sued for slandering businesses, but <laughs> and there was another one that was not. They were driving through. They were catering, and I really wanted a chicken sandwich, but they were not giving them out for free. I was like, "Hey, right here, toss me one." They really thought it was a free T-shirt. Kind of. We're not gonna say who it was, but it's the only chicken restaurant without a dollar menu, <laughs> <laughs> and they're closed on Sundays. Cheyenne. <laughs> I didn't hear a name. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were in that line for so long. We ex- we experienced so many characters, mm-hmm. and I think the most <laughs> the most upsetting one was this man who. How do I describe him without being rude? Man who was also a student here. Yeah, he was working. Employed the by the event mm-hmm. management. <laughs> kind of looks like. A woodland character, like a, but like not a in like a Bambi way. No, yeah, I feel like it's yeah. like what it's you'd imagine kind of a caveman to look like. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. like big, big fresh, big face, and and he was like the paid hype man, just going around with a speaker. Was that his job, or was he just taking that on? Most certainly, what he was not doing. What he was doing was opening his jacket pocket periodically. And drinking Jim Beam. Yeah, I don't know if he could form a line if he can't walk one straight. (laughs) (laughs) He was going around asking people, are you ready for the game? Are y'all hyped? No, you're not hyped enough. No, it needs to be more. He was parading around. He had a speaker. Uh, Cheyenne over here asked him to put on the box. Yeah, you had to get lit to that. No, he was already lit, Cheyenne. <laughs> but we hadn't gotten lit with him yet, so no, we didn't I wanted him to like play the box. Not like that. Y'all don't know what the box is. Go listen to it. Shout out to Roddy Rich. <laughs> is Roddy Rich sponsoring this episode? I don't think so. <laughs> Not the money we're paying for this. We ain't got Roddy Rich dollars, Cheyenne. <laughs> So, we stand in this line for, like, two or three hours, and these people don't let us go inside the building until 5.30.00. We, yeah, we, we, could, we couldn't even get into the natatorium. <laughs> Whatever it was. The natatorium? Natatorium? <laughs> natatorium? We can't figure it out. It was cold enough out there, I think, is the moral of the story. And people were really out here wearing shorts and and short sleeves and things. Lots of short dresses. So we finally rev up our engines, get to the front of the line, and run into the stadium. It was immense Hunger Games energy. Yeah, and there was already like 5,000 people in there, so (laughs) we were really doing something for no reason. It was like being in the world's worst video game. (laughs) It was really like ducking, and then I also had to go to the bathroom really bad, so that was complicating things. It felt like I was going to class in middle school. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like weaving through the hallways. hallways, Which was sad, because we really sat at the top of the stadium. Yeah, we were not too far from the ceiling. Yeah, the, the ceiling, ceiling was the really roof. the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. It was also Selena's first basketball game and her first UNC game. What would you like to say about that, Selena? 
I don't understand what the point of going to a sporting event is if you have a ticket for a seat if you never sit down. (laughs) (laughs) And I really wish someone would explain that to me. Otherwise, it was fun. Uh, The game itself was uh, a roller coaster. Crazy. Um, Absolute madness. In all honesty, it was actually a good game. Like, it was a good game of basketball to objectively watch. But as... Uh, a UNC fan. It was particularly difficult, especially towards the end. Uh, but, you know. The saddest part was that we were, I think everyone was really ready to lose. Sorry, boys, but y'all haven't been playing that hard. So we were all standing up in there like, haha, yeah, we're just here for the, you know, the vibes. And then we were winning by like 10 at like three different points of the game. For a substantial amount of the game, we were up by 10. Yeah, and we were like, we're really doing something. These boys are really playing some playing. ball. People like, we were know like how texting to play. me being like, they're going to do it tonight, aren't they? And I was like, I think so. And like, we were up by 10 at like five minutes or something we, like that. We were up by 13 with like four plus minutes to go. Yo, we're yeah. putting on our jackets, man. But then something right. happened, and Georgia said that it jinxed it all. At like the seven minute mark, rewind. We weren't even up by more than seven, maybe. These girls sitting in front of us get up and start walking down. And I thought they were like leaving to Franklin Street, but no, they just wanted to watch the game from the first floor to get ready and closer to rush to Franklin. But, oh boy, that did not happen. And I think if they stayed in their seats, could have played out differently. But that's just my take. I heard that some people straight up, like, maybe not in the stadium, but people left and rushed Franklin. Yeah, people they were, were still doing that. Before it even went to overtime. And yeah. then it did go yeah. to overtime. Because Sadly. it was really, like, yeah. the clock was hitting... It was getting really close, and then the buzzer hit zero, and then we were tied. I was like, well, when did that happen? I mean, the buzzer hit zero, the ball was in the air, and mm-hmm. then the eh, and we the were tied. Was floor, yeah. It was the most upsetting moment possibly of my life. Very, I'll say it. Very upsetting. Very stressful. Mm-hmm. So we go into very overtime. And then it, it happened again. A similar Despite, thing yeah. happens. Then Trey Jones want to show out. Then the daggone refs want to call stupid calls. Now I saw Trey Jones in the Duke cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. Mall 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 esque cafeteria, and it was really an experience. I still can't believe he didn't stomp on his foot or something. Yeah. Well, you try yeah. being a Tar Heel in that in that blue hell, if you will. <laughs> It was really, there was really something going on in there. It was alarming. It was scary. Me and Denise went on an adventure with our friend mm-hmm. to do, uh, which is a story for another time. But, yes, the, the Duke game was really something else. And then the spirit after that game was rough. The morale was rough. It was low. <laughs> if... Are we using expletives in this? Nope. We're leaving the expletive story out of this particular podcast. But if you can imagine a particular (laughs) four-letter word that begins with F. And, yeah, so that was happening around Hojo. And, honestly, it brought my morale up. (laughs) Yeah. I think the saddest thing for me was when I heard a girl say, honestly, 
a Carolina fan, if I will, which <laughs> that's questionable. She said, you know, honestly, the better team won. Like, we, they just played better. And I was like, what stadium were you sitting in? Because those right. boys really did something that they have not been doing. Exactly. And we played the better game. I'll say it. We should have won. Duke we got lucky. I'll say yep. it. Boo, Duke sucks. They got away Period. with it. Mm-hmm. We'll get them next time. They didn't get away with it last yes. night against Wake Forest. Yes, though. shout out to Wake Forest for handing them their tails. Be Duke. Yes. I will say, Selena, not all of the games, and, and most other games you can sit down, just not in a Carolina Duke basketball yeah, game. Yeah, that's just not so the vibe why, to be sitting down. Do that's I not allowed that? at all. <laughs> so I did just want to commend you, my friend Georgia, for, yeah, for being an, a good ally. You know, um, I think... Well, I think I sh- we should explain the dynamics that you can't see if you're just listening. Oh, yeah. So, so. <laughs> behind these microphones is, well, I'm black. You guys can just say yours because I don't want to speak for you. But uh, I'm black. I'm Native American and black. I'm white. And um, so, yeah, Georgia is really an ally out here. It's really, like, listens and, like, you know, shout out to you, Georgia, because that's pretty dope. Especially once you're on this campus and there's just, like, a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes you definitely feel like you're in a sea of, like, you know, fish that don't look like you. <laughs> I don't know how to say this correctly. But I, I wanted to ask you guys, like, like, what do you guys think about being an ally. I think there's a lot of like social justice people on this campus. But like what does that really mean to be an ally of any oppressed group of people? I think that well yes, I just want to also second the idea that like George is a great ally. Um my friend Valerie is also a really good ally. And sometimes I'll like text her and I'll be like uh, the world's really getting me down today for like X, Y, and Z reason, and some of them are like specific to like my being, like being a black woman or whatever. And one thing she always really supports me with is the fact that she like provides me with empathy rather than sympathy, because I feel like a lot of times people who don't like live the same experiences as you are like, oh my god, I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. That must suck. But I feel like that's way less supportive than being like, yeah, I don't understand. Um, exactly how you're feeling because I can't but I want you to know that like I love you and I'm here to listen to you and your problems are valid no matter what and you know while I don't experience that I know it must be hard and so I feel like part of being a good ally is definitely empathy over sympathy and also understanding that like you don't know everything and it's not always okay to like cross apply your own experiences of like the way you live your life to someone else's um and I also think being an ally is harder than people think. Yeah. Um, if you want to be one that's, like, effective and not just be like, OMG, I feel for you. I'm throwing up the, like, ironic TikTok girl peace sign right now, <laughs> if you know those vibes. But, yeah, allyship is important, and I wish we, like, had more open conversations about it. Uh, I would say that I've been in increasingly more spaces of people who want to be allies and I think that 
a very important part of it is really caring for the people that you want to be an ally of and like listening to them. Um, and so, uh, like, for example, I've listened to a lot of YouTube videos sort of about these types of things. And like a lot of people are like, if you're, you know, white, like, do not like ask, you know, people like about, you know, like black people about like their experience, like it's not their place to like describe anything to you. And that is true in a, in a sense of like, it is not any person of color's job to like explain their trauma to you. But I also think that there's a special thing that happens when you have a close friend that you can say, I'm really confused about this part of, I don't know, your identity, your experience, and you just like openly ask him to share with you because there is no other way to really understand those types of things. And so I think that potentially for me, like the most important part of being an ally is really being, having people who aren't like you in your close circle to where you can ask those hard questions and really care for what's happening to them. Yeah. Going along with kind of what both of you all said, I think um, that yes, it is good to be empathetic and that also people should um, not be afraid because there is this culture of like, like, I know if like people come to me, they're just like, like, what are you like? And I'm just like, and they're Mm -hmm. just like, sorry, like I don't try to, I'm not trying to be rude about that. But like there is this culture of, people who are not of color or who are like are not oppressed or like afraid or thing like that us people of color or oppressed are gonna like bite their heads off or whatever if they ask us about like our stories or our identities mm-hmm. and stuff like that and so that's the thing um that i found hinders a lot of people from being allies um, with other people of color or just oppressed groups. Um, and then for me, being an ally to others has been something that's fairly new because back home I'm just like, I was just surrounded like with people who are kind of like me. Like we're all experiencing the same thing. We're all oppressed. We're all like, we're just like our stories are pretty much all tied together and um similar so it's like we're all all interconnected already and it's like we get each other so it's like I didn't really have to be an ally to them we were kind of like walking the same journey so for me learning to be an ally is something that I would consider to be fairly new to groups that I have not been um in contact with or yeah, relations with before now. Well, I guess I'll start. I just want to thank you all first because I feel like it's a really big compliment to me uh, to be a good ally to you all and in general. Um, something I really try my best to do, but as you said, uh, yeah, being an ally is not like easy you really need to come into it with compassion and not putting yourself first of like this title that you can own it's really you need to work and learn and not put you and your self-interest first I feel like and 
Um, on the note that I think, Selena, you were saying about s- sympathy and empathy, we watched uh, this video at the beginning of my uh, education class. Uh, our teacher showed us, and sympathy is kind of taking this, like, higher ground and, like, reaching your hand down and, like, still reinforcing, like, oh, you're in this lower position, but empathy is really trying to, like, get on the same level and feel and understand that. Um, so... Yeah, definitely empathy is better and try and take that route. Um, But also on kind of going along with that, um, in some like activist spaces that I've been in where we talked about like allyship and that sort of stuff, um, I've also heard some people say that like they don't really like the word ally or allyship, that it kind of maybe, I don't entirely remember all that they were saying, but it's sometimes can be like putting yourself above I don't know uh like in different levels and I think the word that they liked better was like comrade or comradeship but Mm. and being equals and on the same level and all that good stuff so uh we're gonna end by doing a little game that I thought of at a slick like 11 o'clock on like a Tuesday night <laughs> before I went to sleep. <laughs> and I really felt like I had a genius moment with this one. So it's called Rule of Three. And the game is that any topic or question that you are asked or presented with, you have to answer it in a group of three. So um, the question that we're going to be answering tonight is who raised you? And so who raised you? Rule of three, my answer is my mom raised me, my dad raised me, <laughs> and Disney Channel raised me. Um, who raised me? Rule of three, Bray women raised me, I-85 raised me, <laughs> and Spongebob raised me. I heard that one, brother. Oh, word. Um, who raised me? Rule of three. My mother raised me. Um, my grandmother raised me. And Robinson County raised me. Mm. Um, still uh, figuring this one. I-, I feel like, you know, rule of three, who raised me? Um, good <laughs> question. <laughs> good cue. Um, I feel like there's so many... Like, maybe I'm fundamentally... I, it's not that complicated, <laughs> but I'm really, like, is who raised me, like, growing up? Like, it takes a village. Like, oh <laughs> who shaped well, me to what I am today? Three, <laughs> oh, my God. Who raised me to what point? Like, when I was Top five three, or, like, Jordan. now? Three. Oh, Top my God. <laughs> okay, I'm just... I'm going to say my family more broadly mm-hmm. because... It takes a village. Uh, my friends, shout out. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, MoCo, Montgomery County, shout out to all my educators who. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're done. Thank you for listening to this episode of Being Men There. We're for, oh God. We're for a podcast. Do you want to do four on three? Mm, four okay. On three. Shout out for returning. Thank you so much to our 
all of our returning listeners and all three of you yeah and and new listeners too if you listen this far oh what's the word Mm, peaches I like mm, They haven't had those in, in Chase for like three peaches. weeks. Well, right. I lost on this one. Or should it be wet fruit? It's peaches. The word is I peaches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> four on three. One, one two, two, three, three four. four. <laughs> Thanks.